Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Tuesday evening, where we not only continue our reflections into 1 Corinthians, but wrap up our reflections into 1 Corinthians, and I will be doing this with Debbie Rizal. So, Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's great to be here. So, like I just said, Debbie, we are going to be wrapping up our reflections into 1 Corinthians. This is episode number 51. Wow. <laughs> so, our study on 1 Corinthians will have spanned 51 episodes, and I think over four months, and um, we really have taken this verse by verse, and sometimes <laughs> more theological than other times, but always practical. Right, always practical. You know, in my reflections over the past day, Debbie, as I was kind of engaging how to best handle this last chapter, this last program, I was made to go back to what I talked about. Well, program one, you know, so maybe this evening we will uh, go full circle because as I was reflecting to Paul's message, we really do need to get back into what we talked about in that opening night because. To appreciate what Paul is after, what he's trying to communicate, we have to understand who he was writing to. Mm -hmm. And so who was he writing to? Well, the city of Corinth was the largest city mm -hmm. in Greece, yes. right? The most cosmopolitan, right. uh, the most decadent city in mm -hmm. Greece. 700,000 people, Debbie. Wow. Now, what's so striking about that is, as history tells us, 450,000 of that 700,000 were slaves. Oh, wow. Slaves. Um, and some of which, of course, were prostitutes. Sure. So uh, if you were a man living nearby and you wanted to go on a moral holiday, if you will, mm -hmm. you went to Corinth. the city of Corinth, mm -hmm. right? Por and port city, right? Yes, a mm -hmm. port city. So right. you're dealing with a lot of commerce, mm -hmm. a lot of trade. Right. Um, in antiquity, those are going to be the places where you know, cities thrive. You see that today, mm -hmm. right? You know, any port, because that's where there's going to be a lot of trade and commerce. So... Uh, the city of Corinth was uh, a very big city, a very pagan mm -hmm. city. Very. If you were a, a Christian in the city of Corinth, you were a Corinthian who happened to be Christian as opposed to a Christian who happened to be a Corinthian, mm -hmm. right? And Debbie, why do I bring that up today? Well, I think some of us here in the United States of America, for those of you who are listening in the United States of America, can identify with that, right? Are we Christians? Are we Catholics mm -hmm. who happen to live in the United States of America, or are we Americans who happen to be Catholic? This mm -hmm. is the kind of thing that St. Paul was dealing with, right? right? Sure. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about before we came on air here was if there were two words, two taboo words in the city of Corinth, it was authority mm -hmm. and obedience, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to obey a higher authority, right? Right. Does that sound familiar? Mm -hmm. you know, if there are certain words that are tied to tolerance, that quote-unquote virtue <laughs> that people espouse to today, it is under the umbrella of, I'm not going to obey a higher authority. Right. Uh, because in that context, I'm free. Well, the Corinthians exactly. thought they were free, Debbie. Mm -hmm. The Corinthians thought they were free, but the whole message of St. Paul is, unless you have Jesus Christ, you are not free. Right. <laughs> because our belief system isn't just what we believe in, but who we believe in. Yes. And the who, of course is the distinction, mm -hmm. 
is the difference maker because once we understand the who, Jesus Christ, and this is what Paul was trying to teach mm -hmm. the Christians in Corinth, well, that is going to change how you think about yourself. And that is why he spends so much time not only talking about the resurrection, but of course, love, mm -hmm. the great virtues of, of wisdom and, and fortitude. Uh, once you begin to really unpack what Christianity is all about, it changes things. It changes things in a big way. So it's, it's more than just two belief systems. It's about who you believe in and how that changes how you live. And this is what Paul is after. This is what St. Paul was wanting the Christians mm -hmm. in Corinth to understand. And at the same time, uh, 2,000 years later, what the Holy Spirit uh, inspired in St. Paul to help us better understand about ourselves. Right. You know, Scripture is always eternal truth. So I think I've said this before. If you are reading a passage, stick your own name in there or, mm -hmm. or stick your circumstance in there. You know, so in a minute, we're going to read our verses for the day. And <clears throat> as I'm reading that, you know, think of it as a Paul's letter to you, to me. And, and the message is applicable. Amen. It's applicable today as much as in Corinth. We're living in um, very trepidatious times now, yep. as the Corinthians were. And um, let's, you know, let's look this, more, this evening um, a little bit about what Paul's warning us. Mm -hmm. of. Yeah, th that phrase he uses, now concerning. Mm -hmm. Okay, let us put our name after that. Now concerning yeah. Debbie. Now Debbie. concerning. Yes. Now he's using that phrase to respond specifically to a question. We must right. remember that St. Paul would have been in the city of Corinth roughly around 51, 52 AD. He's writing this letter four or five years later, mm -hmm. um, and he's, he's writing a letter as a, a response to a series of questions. And right. we were talking about this yesterday, Debbie, how there's something beautiful about writing a letter mm -hmm. specific to uh, certain questions. And so he says, now concerning what's on your heart here, or now concerning what's on your heart over there. And, and, but in doing so, he's speaking, speaking specifically to these Christians in Corinth. Mm -hmm. And as you just spoke to it, we can say to us. Yes. Right. 2,000 years later to us, because truth itself transcends. Mm -hmm. You use the word eternal mm -hmm. um, so beautifully. Truth transcends mm -hmm. because truth is always inspired by God. Right. And God is, as you said, eternal. So a uh, very important point. And as you note what we're going to read, why don't we go ahead and, okay. and jump in, Debbie. And just for our listening audience, we stopped yesterday, I think, at verse 9. So what we're going okay. to do is go ahead and just wrap up um, our reading with 1 Corinthians, which will take us from 10 all the way to 24. If Timothy comes... See that he is without fear in your company, for he is doing the work of the Lord just as I am. Therefore, no one should disdain him. Rather, send him on his way in peace, that he may come to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now in regard to our brother Apollos, I urged him strongly to go to you with the brothers, but it was not at all his will that he go now. He will go when he has opportunity. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Your every act should be done with love. I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the Holy Ones. Be subordinate to such people and to everyone who works and toils with them. 
I rejoice in the arrival of Stephanus and Achaicus because they made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. So give recognition to such people. The Church of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church at their house, send you many greetings in the Lord. All the brothers greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write you this greeting in my own hand. If anyone does not love the Lord, let him be accursed. Maranatha, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, Debbie, in my reflections on these verses, um, you're going to have to pardon me. I was very influenced by what has been going on here in the United States of America, American popular culture, specifically in sport and the NBA Finals <laughs> and the Warriors and Cavaliers. And when I found out that 30 million people watched wow. the NBA Finals in China, um, I think this is a universal uh, mm. <laughs> point of discussion. Addiction? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. A, a universal <laughs> reference at the very least. And one of the things I was thinking about is uh, LeBron James. And, of course, he's one of the greatest oh. of all time. And we, a lot of people have been having that debate. But mm -hmm. specific to my reflection in St. Paul here, LeBron James, as great as he is, is only as good as the parts around him. Sure. The and team. So, yes, that's right. And so when I was reading this, I was reminded about, about that very thing because St. Paul is the apostle of the apostles, right? right. In him encouraging his companions, encouraging his fellow workers, encouraging his co-workers, encouraging his brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Um, he realizes he's only as good as his team. Why? Because the body of Christ mm -hmm. can only flourish if it works together. Right. In community. Yes. One of the things that really stood out to me, and I was uh, coaching up my son on this point last night when he <laughs> asked me, why did the Warriors beat the Cavaliers when the Cavaliers had LeBron James? I know they, the Warriors had Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. One team played as a team, and the other team played a lot of isolation basketball, one-on-one, uh -huh. on one, and it doesn't work. Boy, and that right? has it, sunk more than one team, hasn't yeah, it? It really has, Debbie, and it, what stood out to me, not only did the Warriors play team basketball, they had chemistry, mm -hmm. right? They worked they together. They have a great team right yeah, now. Yeah, they worked together in such a way that you could just see that chemistry. Mm -hmm. As a Christian and as a Catholic, if we store up virtue and live out that vocation to which God has called us to, and are present to those that God calls us to be present mm -hmm. to, we will know what that chemistry is all about, that spiritual chemistry. And the whole body of Christ will be elevated, will be all the better for it. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's uh, maybe for some of us out from right field, but the reality is, as I was watching that final game last night, it really did strike me how beautiful uh, they play the game of basketball and how beautiful Christianity is when we see one another in the light of Christ mm -hmm. and how we work together. Mm -hmm. I mean, here you have St. Paul <laughs> really encouraging mm -hmm. those around the city of Corinth to encourage Timothy. Don't give him reason to be disdainful. Or don't mm -hmm. give him reason to dislike you. Don't mm -hmm. reject him. No, build him up. And then we right. We have all these series of other names. He's really encouraging all of the Christians in Corinth to understand that they belong to a team. Right. And of course, we are talking about the greatest of the great in mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. What is quintessential 
and that's salvation itself. So we need to be present at this point, especially today in 2017, where it's so easy to get caught up in what God is calling us to do that we forget He's calling us to be present to one another. Mm -hmm. In God first, always, but equally the same, open to other. Very important. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, you could think of Jesus as like the, the franchise owner. Yeah, yeah. And Paul <laughs> is like the coach. Yes. You yes, know? Yeah. And I, I just love that, you know, I, I was I was made to appreciate as well that the folks who were bringing these letters were risking their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, think about that, folks. Would yes. you be willing to leave your family and travel for months to find Paul and to and your whole mission is to present letters with questions from the team, from your community. I, I just, I, I am in awe of this. And then another group, you know, risks their lives to take it back. And, you know, they weren't hopping a flight. <laughs> well, for those students of history, Debbie, um, to take a letter from one place to another and, and, and know that there's many toils and, and many dangers on the way to and from. Death um, imminent yeah. could possible. The, I mean, be, be, before the United States postal system, I mean, yes, death was very possible. Very possible. Um, and, uh, but it was worth it. Why? Because what, whatever was in the letter had such value, had such worth that it, you would do it. And look at the love. No greater love hath a man than to lay down his life, yes, right? Yes. And and they knew this. They knew going out that they may not return. Mm -hmm. What great love. And I think um, it points to one of the bullet points that, that Paul says, you know, um, every act should be done in love. And love builds. Yes. Love builds. Yes. And, and he is trying to build the church in Corinth. Mm -hmm. God bless him. God bless him. Amen. The Russian philosopher Dostoevsky once said, you can make the distinction between eros and agape by understanding eros as love and dreams and agape as love and action. Oh, yeah, right? I like so, that. <laughs> agape, so true. Yeah, agape, which is divine sacrificial love, mm -hmm. right? The love that we see on the cross mm -hmm. is love and action. And that is what builds up. And if there's anything, Debbie, that we see today in the Catholic Church, specifically to Pope Francis, is that... Um, he's trying to do this. He's making yeah. a point. I know just the other day I was reading, he put together a, a group so as to really implement, uh, I don't want to use the phrase social activism because that tends to dilute, I think, Catholic orthodoxy, if I'm going to speak plainly. But <laughs> he's put, put together a group to really uh, integrate what it means to be socially just, which always for the Catholic Church, Praise and God. by the way, Pope Francis um, always starts with the unborn. Because yeah. you're, you're talking about the dignity of the human person. You can't right. be an activist for life and not defend life itself. It just, Absolutely. It, it's an oxymoron. So anyhow, love and action. Love and action. Love and action. What did Paul talk about in chapter 14? Mm -hmm. The greatest letter ever written on love, mm -hmm. right? That if we don't anchor everything that we do in love, it has no meaning. Right. Right? It has no meaning. And Talk is cheap. Yes, it really is. It Talk really is. is so cheap. love and action, integrate what God has put on your heart in faith, and that will be that'll be the difference. This other verse here, verse 13, be watchful, stand mm -hmm. firm in your faith, be courageous, be strong. That is another verse that really struck me, Debbie, because oh, beautiful. Here, we, here again we have this call to join our Lord in the agony in the garden. Absolutely. Right? Because what did he say? Many commentators picked up on this. 
But um, be watchful. Mm-hmm. Be watchful. <laughs> Why not pray with me? Right? Yeah. Why not pray I'm with me? I'm your strength. Yes. I'm your yes. strength. I'm Amen, your anchor. Debbie. Amen. And so we need to we need to be present to this vigilance, this mm-hmm. um, sobriety of heart that we might see what we need to see. A point that George Montague raised, and I absolutely loved it. He's been someone we've been highlighting, Debbie. The fact that this is a baptismal vocation, right? Because yes. you arise from your slumber and death mm-hmm. into new life. Through baptism, yes. Through baptism. And consequently, we have the grace and strength to be watchful as we ought, to be vigilant as we ought. And we say ought because, well, there's an is. Mm-hmm. And the is is Jesus Christ. So we are watchful for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And just not all that we do, but, but all that we encounter mm-hmm. and specific to one another and how God calls us to love one another. So he says, be watchful. And yeah, you're going to have to be courageous. You're going to have to be strong because these are times of, of great peril. I mean, they just are. Right. You don't have to look far to see that. As G.K. Chesterton once said, if you don't think there's sin in the world, just read the morning newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And of course, you translate that to 2017. Just look at the headline on your iPhone, your yeah. iPad. Your social media yes. feeds. Yes, yes. It will tell you all that's wrong with the world. And it should convict us, Debbie. Mm-hmm. It should convict us to pray more. Right. Uh, to fast more. Mm-hmm. Something we have to start talking about more. Yes. Offering up sacrifices. To be present to one another more. Mm-hmm. You know, I was struck in the post-game interview last night with LeBron James because everyone wanted to talk about his his stats, his numbers, his legend making, if you will. Mm -hmm. And all he wanted to talk about was his teammates. All he wanted to talk about was everyone other than himself. Mm -hmm. And again, pardon my going to this game last night, but it it is a context to help us better understand. If we are about self, we will want to talk about self. If Mm -hmm. we are about others, we will talk about others. Mm -hmm. You know, so in our disposition, are we just disposed to talk about others? Mm -hmm. Are we just disposed to be present to others? Mm-hmm. Are we anchored in love? Mm-hmm. Right? Is agape that soil that, that gives life to all of our encounters? Are we being who God is calling us to be? Right. That really is, is the end game. What did I say earlier? You know, you have the, the two belief systems, Christianity and every other belief <laughs> system. Christianity is the one that saves. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. We hear it in the gospel time and time again. St. Paul talks about it. Christianity saves. Uh, Yesterday evening, Debbie, we were talking about the sting. Mm -hmm. Oh, death, where is your sting? Mm -hmm. Right, And and talking about the venom and how Christ has overcome that venom. And a point I didn't make, and I was kind of remiss that I didn't, but I want to bring it into play now, is that when you look at the word salvation, the Latin there is save, Mm -hmm. right? The healing balm. And we translate salvation in the English as to be restored to health. Why? Because Christ's healing touch. But more globally, with that word salvation, (laughs) Christ is the healing balm to that sting. Mm -hmm. He has healed the wound of sin. We talk about being ransomed from sin. We talk about being saved from sin. But what is it that we are talking about? We've been stung by the adversary, by Satan. And he has healed that wound. He has restored us to health. And he calls us to live in his life and in his love. And this is a daily practice, folks. And it's why Paul exhorts us to be on guard, to be vigilant, to be watchful. Because this is a day, you know, the minute we get our head off the pillow, excellent point. he's he's going at us, right? Um, You know, our flesh, 
Satan, the world. Those are our, our enemies. And so Paul's saying, wake up, be aware. The temptations are going to come and they're, go- they're going to be subtle, most likely, um, especially for those of us who are discerning. Um, they're going to be subtle. And then we have some work to do. Uh, where did that, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so yeah. we now we either um, we're presented with that temptation, we either ponder it. Gosh, where did that come from? Is that that from the Lord? Mm -hmm. And then here's our choice. We dispel, rebuke that temptation, or we give in, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're leading to sin. Um, It's our choice. Uh, You know, it's it's just lame to say the devil made me do it. That's just lame. He presented is all he did. That's the only power he has over us, folks. Quit giving him so much power. Yeah, yeah. He didn't make you do anything. You made that choice. We made that choice. So at that very moment, uh, we call upon the Holy Spirit for strength. Mm-hmm. We call upon the Lord for strength. Help me to discern this. Um, you know, often it's two goods. We've talked about that before. So be awake, be vigilant, be strong, be courageous, because sometimes this discernment takes great courage. Um, God's not asking us to cross the sea with a letter and, and, and possibly die for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's just asking us to do what's right with what's in front of us. Yeah, and discernment is, yes, subjective, but it is also objective. So yes. we, in our discernment, are made to separate and distinguish one thing from another. But what helps you in your discernment, Debbie, is that <laughs> Christ has revealed moral truth. Mm-hmm. And so we can identify what that moral truth looks like. And then we have to freely choose to walk towards that truth. Freely choose. Right? Yes. And in that choosing, in that choosing, we are loving the greater good. Mm-hmm. And that greater good, of course, is always Jesus Christ. And that's our joy, mm-hmm. right? That is our joy. You know, St. John Vianney, as you were talking about being watchful there, Debbie, I was reminded of St. John Vianney, who once said, if the first thing you do is not offer up a prayer to God, then Satan has already won. Mm-hmm. And he said, Satan does more in the first few hours in the morning with you than you can ever imagine if you have not prayed. That really struck me. St. John Vianney, of course, is one of the great mystics, and he has, and it's been well-documented, many battles with Satan. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't know about Satan... Extraordinary confessor. Oh, my gosh. Spent hours We've talked a lot about St. John Vianney Mm -hmm. here, and and if you are a faithful listener on this radio program, you know that, but if you're not... Google St. John Vianney, yeah. and you will be amazed by his story. Satan is real, despite mm-hmm. what one said recently, that he's just a symbolic structure. Satan is nope. not a symbolic structure, because Jesus Christ did not say, be gone, symbolic structure, right? right. Satan is very real, and we have to be present to mm-hmm. that reality. Yes. Uh, there is good, and there is evil. There is sin, and there is virtue. Yes, yes, And we that's need to right. be exercising and practicing and strengthening that virtue through yes. acts of discernment. Amen. I wanted to make sure, Deborah, we touched upon this, um, this verse. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Mm-hmm. Our Lord come. Our Lord come. This reading, at least in its initial context, would have been read where, Debbie? In the liturgy. In the liturgy, mm-hmm. right? In the liturgy, right. right? We are to hear this letter in the context of Christ coming again. And because if I was reading this in the first century, Debbie, I would have been reading this mindful towards the what? The parousia, the second coming, which as we've Mm -hmm. talked about before, just isn't the end times as so many want to talk about it, but the Eucharist, 
So to say, our Lord, come, mm -hmm. is to say, make yourself present here on the altar mm -hmm. that I may become one with you. Right? It's liturgical. That's where I, we find our strength. He's very careful, the words he chooses here. Stand firm in the faith, mm -hmm. um, but be strong. And I, I, I just love, love fulfills the law. Mm. Love fulfills the law. Come, Lord Jesus. We're still, we're still saying Maranatha. We really are. Here in 2000. Yes, we really are. And the thing of it is, Debbie, we're not only saying that in the liturgy, but out from the liturgy, we need to be saying it like we've been hammering home here every moment of every day. Yes. yes. Right? Uh, we say it when things are going wrong. Please, mm -hmm. Lord, come. Please reveal yourself. Please show yourself to me in this time of trial and suffering. Please. Mm -hmm. And it's this deep ache. Yeah. You know, please. Um, it's this begging. And what God wants us to see is, yeah, that's good. Beg for me. Beg for my presence. But you will see me all the more if you do what it takes to see me. Mm -hmm. If you are praying for me to come, well, pray for me uh, to come in faith. Mm -hmm. right? Pray for me to come in the Spirit. Right. Pray for me to come in purity. And I will reveal myself to you. I find myself in a lot of conversations where people say to me, God isn't revealing himself to me. Mm. No, God is not showing himself to me. Mm. Why does God hide behind this or, or hide behind really? that? Mm. He, he doesn't hide. Mm -mm. He, doesn't no, play, he doesn't. He doesn't play the game of no. hide and seek. Mm -mm. What he wants to do, what he longs to do, what he desires to do is reveal himself to you. The question I have typically is, what are you doing in your everyday life? And often what happens is, you know, there's no prayer life. There's, mm -hmm. there's no life devoted to those who were, were called to serve, um, I'll remind them of that and always in doing so challenge myself. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when I get those kinds of conversations or phone calls, God is also challenging me, Joe, are sure. you praying enough? Always. Are you doing these things? And I, I hear you, Lord. <laughs> you know, I hear you. And so every time we are presented with an opportunity to challenge someone, God wants us to see that is always an opportunity to challenge ourselves. Mm -hmm that we might see that challenge as an opportunity to grow in Him. Um, so often, the people that surround us are a reflection of who we are. Right. And so we need to be present to that reflection. I don't know, Debbie, we are out of time if you have any closing thoughts. I just um, want to close with Matthew today, the reading today. You are light. You mm. are salt. Go out into the world and shine. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to talk about that on Thursday. Uh, in response Didn't to, even know that. Yeah, well, in response to a question, and it's really a postscript to what you and I talked about last week as far mm -hmm. as how to prepare and deliver right. a talk, because salt is an agent mm -hmm. that is like kindling, you yes. know, in antiquity. So we'll talk about that on Thursday. Anyhow, um, as always, Debbie, great to have you with me. Um, it is always a joy. You know, I know our listening audience always have a lot of positive things to say, so I'm grateful for the gift of your time. Thank you. Thank you. All right, with that, let us close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we do just give you a special thanks and praise for the gift of the time we have to reflect into the richness of Paul's first letter to the Church of Corinth, reflections that have spanned over four months. Uh, what an honor, what a privilege. And now we get to turn our attention to his second letter <laughs> and see what he has <laughs> for us there. We pray all these things in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. And God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.